and welcome to Lit, Laugh, Learn. Yeah, where we like get our ass to class and don't skimp on the grass, man. I'm your host, Jade Summers. Buying off the street. All right, time to hit up the plug. Hey man, cool if I stop by later? Broccoli emoji. And send. Ah, sweet, he's active. Mm hmm. Ah, damn. He's out of bud. Okay, I'll message my backup. Hey, dude. Think you can help me out with some smoked ribs? Fire emoji. That's it. That's it. Yeah, send. Please don't be dry. Don't be dry. Come on, man. Oh, sorry, man. My cat has a dance recital. Hmm. Well, that's cute as fuck. I don't think that helps me right now. Hmm. Oh, I know. I have a friend who's an undercover DEA agent. And he's always got weed on him. Alright, yo. Wanna plant some trees? Asking for a friend. And... Put a marijuana emoji so he knows what I'm talking about. Send. Meet me at the 7-Eleven in 30 minutes. Oh, hell yeah! 31 minutes later. Probably should have been avoided. The deal is, dealing with dealers can be a rough ordeal. You're completely at the mercy of their schedule. You have to basically kiss their ass to ensure you don't lose your connection. And on top of that, it always feels like some top secret, covert fucking operation just to get some damn weed. When just over state lines, or possibly even in your own town, uh, people are openly walking out of dispensaries, carrying bags of dank. Hardly seems fair, right? Sadly, that's our reality. So long as cannabis remains a Schedule 1 drug, this is the position many people are forced into, not to mention the lack of information on the particular products you're purchasing. It could very easily be laced, yes, but the real issue for me was always not knowing what strain I was smoking on. I know this isn't a concern for everyone, but here at Late, Love, Learn, we like to know these things unsurprisingly. It's almost a meme that dealers aren't typically sure about their own product either, and will just tell you it's some popular strain they've heard of. Man, if I had a nickel for every time I bought fucking sour diesel, I could afford the fines associated with possession of up to 15 grams of marijuana. <coughs> but it's not all bad. There are plenty of reasons people choose to buy from the black market. 
dispensaries charge tax and products could be up to 11% more expensive than street prices, depending on where you live. Legal states are also limited in the number of growers and or processors they can allow, which can lead to empty shelves in the stores, something I've experienced a few times myself. And this last point might be controversial, but it can be quite thrilling to break the law in this fashion. There's something symbolic about sparking up a fatty while sitting in the back of a cop car. Did it search me well enough, officer? All in all, it's understandable from both points of view. Whether your concern is safety and having the law on your side, or saving some dough and getting a rush knowing you're eating the forbidden fruit, we can all agree that there's way too much sour diesel floating around out there. God damn it. Weekly News Update Bill allowing homegrown marijuana gains momentum in Washington State Legislature. This is the dream, right? Being permitted to grow in your own home, uh, experimenting with crossbreeding, having an alternative to both the black market and legal weed. This story comes from the Seattle Times. A proposal advancing in the state legislature would allow adults 21 years and older to grow up to six marijuana plants with no more than 15 plants allowed in any household. I really don't like the math here. Why 15? If you have two roommates, you each get five plants instead of six. Why not just make it 18 total? Anywho, Laura Kaminsky with the Cannabis Alliance said, We do not see it as being competition. We saw how in the beer industry, when people started to brew at home, they became more sophisticated consumers. Ops of the proposal claim this could mean increased cannabis use in adolescence, the fueling of the black market trade, and cause a nuisance to many neighbors with the plant's stinky smell. While I do agree that it would be difficult to keep the plants locked up and away from your kids, the smell being a nuisance is a bit of a stretch. If that's a serious enough concern, we need legislation in place to prevent the use of tacky lawn ornaments as well. West Virginia Medical Cannabis Companies Mostly from Outside West Virginia Making medical marijuana a reality in West Virginia has proven to be a slog. Though legislation for the medical program was passed nearly four years ago, it's still likely on the order of years before you can step foot into a West Virginia dispensary. It's a complex issue, to say the least. And on top of every other hurdle, it looks as though the state is undergoing an influx of non-resident grower, processor, and dispensary applications, says Parkersburg News and Sentinel. Each state is allotted a certain number of licenses they can allow, and over 70% of West Virginia's are being taken by out-of-state cannabis businesses. In my mind, this is a double-sided dab tool. On one hand, these businesses are experienced and could help propel the medical program to a sooner launch date. And on the other, it means the little guy is likely being snuffed out by these established entities. And ultimately less revenue is actually being circulated back into the very state it's coming from. I'd probably argue that getting the program off the ground 
is the most pressing issue here, because those mountaineers want to climb higher and higher naturally. Pennsylvania men accused of hunting squirrels high on marijuana. This last one comes from Fox News. Two men in Pennsylvania were caught stalking squirrels under the influence of marijuana, huh? Geez, I didn't even realize squirrels smoked weed. I'm guessing they like sativas cause damn, those things are quick little bastards. This story is just nuts. Strain Review Afghani Okay, today we're looking at Afghani, an indica that comes from Calypso Enterprises. The THCA content is 13.4%, with the dominant terpene being myrcene at 0.65%. So my scoring system is based on three categories, with the highest score being a 7. Bud quality is a possible 1 point. Flavor is worth two points, and finally, the perceived effects of the strain can be worth up to four points. This is just my take, and as such, must be observed as cannabis, cannabis law. Bud quality. One out of one points. Some of the prettiest buds, man. That nice dark green sheen makes me keen to buy this strain again. Flavor. One out of two points. Known to provide little to no standout flavors, I'd have to agree here. While maybe I caught a slightly sweet aftertaste, it's nothing to write home about. However, the general smell of the bud is pleasant to say the least. Effects. Four out of four points. Goddamn. Perhaps the best indica I've ever had. When I imagine what an indica should provide, it's a deep feeling of relaxation, couch lock, hazy thoughts, and just a generally calming vibe. And Afghani does it all. It's no wonder it commonly draws medical patients in with its ability to help even the most sleepless insomniacs. No jokes here, just genuine praise for this incredible cannabis strain. A fucking plus. The dominant terpene is myrcene, which is widely known to cause sedation and calm feelings in the user. If you aren't aware of terpenes, you didn't watch episode 1. Just kidding, they are the aromatic compounds found in many plants including cannabis. They are responsible for the taste, smell, and even some of the effects you would experience in a given strain. Myrcene is found in over 20% of all modern marijuana strains making it the most abundant. It's found naturally in mangoes, parsley, and hops, which are used in brewing many alcoholic beverages. With a score of 6 out of 7, it's without a doubt. I can recommend Afghani if you don't mind joining the spare change beneath your couch cushions. Story time. Accidentally stolen ounce from my dealer. So, this is one I'm not so proud of. I used to live in West Virginia, which isn't a legal state. Uh, it's medically legal, but not really, but that's a conversation for another time. So, 
I did what all aspiring young stoners did and found myself a few dealers. I had a couple primary plugs and several backups. My primaries were either out of tree or unavailable on this particular day of the story, so I was hitting up some other backup dealers. I ended up going to this dude's house, let's call him Sour Diesel, uh, since that's what he always sold me, and I was hoping to acquire an ounce. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever had to do this, but having to sit on a dealer's couch and make small talk when you just want to get your shit and leave is fucking excruciating. Like, dude, we're not friends, we are business associates. Are you required to shoot the shit with the cashier before they hand you your groceries? Fuck no. It's so annoying, but I digress anyway. This was 100% one of those situations. It's also commonplace to find dealers who dabble in many different drugs. And this guy was clearly on something. He couldn't sit still for even two minutes. And on top of that, his phone was blowing up. Seemingly his clientele, from his reactions. I'll give him this much. He was a nice person, and smoked me up while I chilled there with him. Always a nice bonus, you know, nothing to complain about. I think I ended up sitting there for like an hour, while we were progressively getting higher and higher together. Eventually, I tried to make some excuse like, Hey man, I gotta get to an appointment soon. Uh, I think I can grab that O real quick. And he was like, sure, man, and proceeded to weigh it out. And at that time, another person came through the door. They too wanted an ounce. And so he started working on theirs. This person was incredibly talkative. And so I got roped into staying there for probably another 20 minutes. I'm not really sure in all honesty. I was higher than a giraffe in outer space. But it ended up being a fun convo anyway. And there came a good window to leave, so I dipped. I went home and enjoyed my sour diesel, and didn't think much else of the situation. It wasn't until I went to the store the next day, and I pulled out my wallet, and I saw the 250 bucks I had allocated for that ounce that I realized I am an accidental fucking thief. I felt so bad, but I was much younger and less morally aligned, so admittedly, I didn't say shit to him. I think I actually used the money for another ounce. Looking back, I probably should have contacted that tweaker and given him his money, but... Eh. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with someone you know. And if you'd like to support Lit Laugh Learn, visit patreon.com forward slash lit laugh learn. Patrons of the show get access to any and all bonus episodes and can suggest the topic of a future episode as well. Again, that's patreon.com slash lit laugh learn. Also, feel free to search lit laugh learn on Instagram for more cannabis edutainment content. Have a good one!